0: Hello and welcome to Pathways, where you are invited to join us for a visit with leaders in personal and cultural transformation. This is your host, Donald Altman. Look at history, and you'll find that what was once thought to be impossible often became possible. This is true in all fields of endeavor. We see this in sports all the time, where a so called human limitation, such as breaking the four minute mile, becomes achievable or where artistic predictions of a da Vinci during the Renaissance came to life hundreds of years later with the invention of the helicopter and the submarine. He, he even had the idea for a cooling machine, and that's what we now call a refrigerator. And yet, uh, you know, we are still limited by our belief in the impossible. But what if we could understand our place in the universe differently? How might a change in outlook and attitude improve our lives and reduce suffering? but to create a new paradigm might require the evolving of our consciousness in order to move forward. To help explore these ideas is visionary author and writer, both nonfiction and fiction, John Nelson. John's work expands many different areas from exploring how technology will affect the future of our human spiritual evolution to methods for bringing peace and healing into our personal lives. He's an award-winning writer, novelist editor screenwriter with 45 years of writing experience john is the author of several visionary fiction titles these include starborn transformations matrix of the gods i human the miracle of anna and new mexican standoff and we'll be talking about his newest book in a moment john is also the author of magic mirror a 2008 CV, COVR winner for the best book of the year. He has also written A Guide to Energetic Healing, which is a book about shamanic healing, and he has written screenplay adaptations of his novels for Hollywood. John worked in publishing as an advertising publicity director at Hampton Roads Publishing in the mid 1990s, as an editorial director for both Bear and Company in the late 1990s, and Inner Ocean. Publishing, Inner Ocean's Publishing, which is in Hawaii, where John resides. And that was in the early 2000s. In 2003, he started Bookworks, a freelance editorial service. John has written articles about consciousness and other subjects for Kindred Spirit, Body-Mind-Spirit, and New Dawn. He's been a yogi and meditator for some 50 years. His book, This Moment Paradise, 101 Poems for, for an Empty Mind, is a wonderful book of Zen poems that I I really enjoyed reading. Well, John's newest book is Threshold: A Crisis Ignites a Universal Awakening. Uh, this is a very timely book that I want us to talk about today because it explores a kind of major consciousness awakening that is so needed in our world. Hello, John, and welcome to the Pathway Show.
1: Well, thanks for having me on today.
0: Well, you have done a lot of work in your, in your writing career, covered so many different ideas, and, and uh, you've been exploring ideas that are in your book, your new book, Threshold, for many years. In fact, you've referred to a kind of supermind or a planetization of mankind. Can you give us some background on these ideas, and when did this first spark your, your impulse to write about this? Uh,
1: basically, um... Carl Jung and his, uh, his work, his psychological work, has had a big impression on me. Influ- big impru- influence has impressed me and has a big influence on me. Uh, going back for the like last 50 years. Uh, and the supermind concept uh, is from um, Sri Aurobindo, the great Indian mystic, who, inv- as well as uh, Pierre de Chardin, the uh, French mystic who Mm. um, envisioned uh, how divine reality is working itself from matter to life to mind and from mind to a collective host of minds of all people at some future date. And in Threshold, I take that concept uh, based on uh, the idea that... uh, we can't solve our problems globally from an ego point of view, uh, from from advocates, politicians, and whatnot. And so, what is needed, I felt, given world crises, and it was spurred on by the uh, Russian invasion of uh, the Ukraine, that at some point there would be a crisis that would trigger uh, a collective response from all of humanity as we became together as a collective and said, no more, you know, and, but how that would happen. And my imaginative telling of that is what terrestrial was about as pure speculation, of course.
0: Now, um, do we need a crisis to make these things happen? How do you really well, think that's important?
1: Well, Okay. Well, in evolution, and this is an evolutionary step. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Homo sapiens have evolved through a series of environmental crises. But what has happened with us as we evolved out of the animal kingdom, uh, we became more influenced by the evolution of our minds. And so uh, I, th- I think that gradually we will Indivi- as more and more individuals become more conscious, and I believe it was Gurjev said it would take a, and Sri Ranganay said it would take a hundred enlightened people around the world for this to trigger. But I think it's going to take much lo- longer and much larger a par- portion of the of these of the collective humanity.
0: Well, you were saying that something like one percent, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think well 1% of the of the whole world is 80 million people but i think that um, it will be a, a gradual thing but the the thing here and to answer your question is yes i do believe it's going to take a crisis as personal crises evolve us to manage and deal with things that we didn't think we could deal with Pers- you know so collective crises like a world like a, a possible war that could end into a nuclear disaster, that could devastate the planet, I think would be a crisis that would trigger this kind of collective response. One of
0: the interesting things in Threshold was the contrast between the old way of handling handling a crisis and a potentially new way of handling crisis. The old way is egoistic, right? It separates us. It creates Political barriers and boundaries, and the new way is what you describe in thresholds.
1: Yes, uh, a collective response. <clears throat> the you know the methodology and the um, scenario is very Jungian, <clears throat> and what I talk about is <clears throat> in Jung psychology, there is the self, which is a part of the co- collective unconscious. And in religious terms, and there, are, there is um, a priest, a Jungian priest in the story that equates the self where we are all part of one group consciousness and a collective consciousness that gets influenced with the God. And he said, as, as, as he said in his own dissertation, and he refers to the self that Jungians talk about could also be called God. So there is a consciousness out there that could be triggered and unite humanity uh, based on the need to do that. Otherwise, as we all know, personally and collectively, we just go along, you know, we just go along with our process, our egos take over and we never, we never, we never make that jump. Well, when we're forced to make the jump, either personally or politically or as a country, we, 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 we seem to arise to the occasion So I think this is what might happen and and what my story talks about and how it would evolve. Because, as I said, you know, this is speculation on my part. And I was wondering how that could happen, because I didn't see that methodology really clearly laid out. And so in my book, it starts off with people having these remote viewings of other people's lives, it's like, almost
0: like a a, a uh, astral projection of Facebook. Yeah, right? exactly. This that, is yeah. this is
1: initially. It's like instead of going on Facebook and 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 seeing you know interacting with people talking, they're actually seeing that. And what that does is break down the barriers between people. Uh, and this becomes more and more prevalent as the story goes on. And the the output of that, the out, I mean, the effect of that is not just seeing these, but realizing the unity of all mankind, of all humankind, I should say, and this uh, raises people's consciousness. Well, what I, and what I
0: loved about the story was how the governments were were very threatened by this, and that turned your story into a suspense, like a thriller, and I really love that you, you went from different locations, and all these things that were happening in governments and trying to figure out how to hack into this and stop this evolution from occurring and what would they do? And uh, so it really had a strong element of a thriller, of a suspenseful thriller.
1: Yeah. Well, what happens is they can hack Facebook. They can hack social media. They can hack this kind of communication. Yeah, but and they so try, they, right? In the they, story. they Oh, they try, but they can't because it, 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 it's, it's supramental, and they can become part of it, but they can't hack it. And what happens, interestingly enough, uh, the story starts with a young Russian girl, 10-year-old Russian girl, who has this precognitive daydream of her, of her teacher having an accident. Uh, and eventually that comes, as she has more of these, and people in her class start to have them as well, it brings in the Russian FSB, their, their version of the FBI, to, to investigate this. And on the other side of, of, of America, I have the DARPA group charting Black Swan episodes, un, unusual episodes that have impacts at like the global internet or cell phones. So they're looking at that and they discover the same thing there. So they, at first find this a curiosity but as the story goes on and millions upon millions of people start having this it threatens them because uh it's like with the chinese what they fear is that a spiritual movement will mm-hmm. become non-political become universal will break down the ba- boundaries between people and countries and this is what is happening in this book and, and then in it your... doesn't what well, i must say it doesn't come to a climax in this book. It shows the possibilities as more and more people are doing this uh, and and the war in Russia, the Russian war starts, the book ends as the war starts, that this is a possibility of what may happen. So I don't take it all the way to the end because I want to leave it to the imagination of what could happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. and one of the other interesting elements was how then some of the agents started getting uh, connected with this uh, for energetic force or this con- global consciousness as well.
1: Yes. And it's just, uh, and that becomes, so, yeah. Uh, what happens is um, Elena, the little Russian girl, uh, in, you know, is interviewed by this FSB woman who comes out from Moscow to uh, Siberia where she lives and interviews her. And what happens is when you make a personal connection with something, you open. And so what happens, Elena is able to have a waking dream with her. Uh, and arena is, and so eventually the FSB officer, female officer becomes, has an experience that makes her want to promote this instead of suppress it. And this happens, MI5, MI6 in England, uh, DARPA, the DARPA unit and, and, and the DOD in America. So what happens is, you know, people in these organizations, people and even in government, the Secretary of State has uh, this experience. So it becomes, as it, as it moves along, it becomes very pervasive. It's unstoppable, you know, and people have this spiritual experience, which is what people yearn for, a connection to something higher than themselves. Than their their mere egos or their minimal relationships with people.
0: So it's not like they they lose their sense of self though right?
1: No no that's the whole idea the whole and I use a lot of Jungian concepts to show that you can become part of collective while maintaining your discrete self And in mm-hmm. fact uh, Catherine who, is one of the leaders in this, who is the, the woman who opens up the story, having the waking dream in San Francisco and goes to her psychiatrist. Uh, she There's a union conference in London where these unions have all got together because all of their analysts, all of their patients are having these experiences and they're trying to figure it out. And she appears to them in a waking dream that only the, the more evolved can see. And in her body is faces of all these people that are connected and this bright light experience like the iconic saint image from the middle ages mm-hmm. and but it, what it shows and what the doctor uh dr richardson at the conference says it shows that we can be composed of multiplicities but also retain our individual self so it's not a threat to the ego like anybody who is involved understands you don't want to crush the ego you don't want to send it out. It's just like an annoying little child sometimes that has its place in the consciousness and you have to deal with it and you have to nurture it and you have to bring it along, but you don't need to fight it or suppress it. Or, like some people think, at mm-hmm. least that's my point of view.
0: Well, as, a I, psychologist, I
1: like, you, as a psychologist, what do you think? You well,
0: I like that idea that, uh, yeah, we don't need to suppress or push away, but need to let in even those parts of ourselves that maybe are immature or uh, you know are defensive right and we yeah. we have something to learn from all of that so yeah exactly. I, I, I would agree um, you know you've had this idea of transformation even in your earliest novels how did you how has your idea about this evolved because you started with Starborn was that correct one of your
1: yes well Starborn like I say uh, and I reference in, in an article I recently wrote Starborn came out of my fascination with Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood's End. And Childhood's End, published in 1953, children around the world start to have this experience, this consciousness experience, and start to evolve very quickly into a group mindset. And the group mindset in that book is is like, and I wrote an art, and the article I wrote, The Birth of a New Species, that was published uh, 30 years ago. I talk about how that new species will almost be like artistic people who understand or autistic children understand that they understand the globalness of things, but they can't put it together. They can't break it down. And, and I, and so these children have that kind of consciousness. They see, they can't communicate eventually as they evolve with their parents and our civilization, unfortunately, in that, that, drastic scenario comes to an end well i don't see that happening in my story you know i don't see that happening in my story so that's where the genesis of that idea came from and starborn is about child psychics who are very evolved remember their past lives and 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 it's kind of a takeoff on that but what is interesting is uh as a child i mean as a nine-year-old child i seem to have understood the concept of karma Uh, how things operate at a metaphysical level with a very basic understanding. So I brought that in, I think, from a past life. Now, another interesting thing is with me and my development, which my books we talk about as a reflection of that, is when I was like 17 years old, I'm in a public library in Portsmouth, Virginia, and a book falls actually falls on my head. And it was a book on Zen meditation. (laughs) (laughs) Actually fell on my head. Of course, I was raised Catholic. I was going to a Catholic high school. You know, I did. I never heard of any of this. So I sat down. This is 1965. Read the book. And I said, why did anybody tell me about this? This makes all the sense in the world. And then I started meditating and and doing yoga at like 18 years old.
0: Well, that's an endorsement for libraries right there. (laughs) (laughs) We should all go to the library and see what what, what hits us on the head.
1: (laughs) Well, in my book, one of the characters has that experience. Uh, but I, I made it as as an uh, eighth grader, not as a 17-year-old. So, yeah. And so that was the genesis of that. And then in my 20s, I became greatly influenced by Carl Jung's work. Uh, very influential. And I must have read half of his collective works at one point. Uh, in fact, the other day, I picked up one of his books uh, that I hadn't read in 30 or 40 years. And I saw about every other line underlined. So I really did study his work, uh, you know. At my age now, I' trying to recall it all, but it's part of my subconscious, part of my consciousness, since I've absorbed so much of it. And that is what triggered me to write books like Transformations, where um, uh, people were aliens passed genetically altered virus. To people in Cal, and to a select group of people in California, and evolve them a million years in nine months. Uh, mm. to show, the process of that evolutionary process, and I did a um, huge amount of research on that to to replicate how that would possibly happen. And then I go to Matrix of the Gods, uh, and 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 on and on and on. This idea kept replicating mm-hmm. itself. So all of my bo- eight novels. Uh, have been based on this concept of of either how we how we can erase our consciousness or the forces in the world that would suppress that consciousness. Even in some my my Southwest detective novels were based on that concept of the government trying to suppress that. And of course, in Threshold, it seems like all of those influences come together and solidify.
0: Well, that was uh, that novel in New Mexico was the New Mexican standoff.
1: Is that correct? New Mexican standoff, Which yes.
0: I really enjoyed. And it um, that that was a fun book to read also. Um, you know, I, it occurs to me as we're, as we're talking here, that maybe as an intermediary step, you know, is the internet almost like that a, a form of the unconsciousness that we are collective unconsciousness that we're entering into?
1: Oh, yeah. I think the internet is a foreshadowing of that. I think the internet is a foresh- and I mentioned that in the book. I think the internet is a foreshadowing of that, uh, because uh, uh, and social media, as raucous as it can as mm-hmm. it can become, uh, you know, every I start every day looking on my Facebook account and seeing people from around the world and communicating with people from around the world, and of course, it's at a superficial level there. And so I think what I envision is something that would allow us to do globally social media but at a, at, a, at a collective unconscious level, at a much deeper level, and connect to people at a much visceral, visceral level instead of just our minds going back and forth to each other.
0: You know, I see how the Internet is bringing people together, but on the other hand, I also see divisiveness. What do you what do you make of that? Is that the the shadow side of the Internet? Oh, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. If you wanted me to give you my analysis of the Internet, it is. There is um, – It's 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 hacked by all the governments as well. And so it is it is it is can be very divisive, but so are we very divisive. And, you know, we are our, you know, our egos. And when I put out uh, some of the some of my uh, Facebook postings of a more uh, spiritual and elaborate, I get people coming back at me, you know, trying to deny what I'm saying. So, yeah. So but. That is what it is, and it's a start. What I'm envisioning is something beyond that, where people connect at a, at, a, at a spiritual level, at a super spiritual, a super mental level, and that that has its own safeguards, I believe. When you're dealing, as you know, anybody dealing with spirit, if you're dealing with pure spirit, uh, there are safeguards involved, you know, and so there's a protection involved as well. and. Uh, Which is what frustrates the people trying to hack it or trying to interfere with it is that it can walk around because it knows what everything else is doing. It knows what everybody else Mm -hmm. is thinking. It's uh, and the correlation is God and his minions, you know, or his angels or whatever. This is a correlation of that. And I bring that in as another metaphor for what I'm talking about. But I think my concept of it is a little more broader than most religious concepts. Yeah. What
0: What do you hope uh, people will take away from a Threshold after they read it, or as they are reading it?
1: Well, it's like with all of my books. Um, you know, I had um, when I wrote Transformations. Uh, this uh, woman read it, uh, who was. Um, working with uh, Marilyn Ferguson and she's and she recommended my book to Marilyn Ferguson saying this is something beyond what we mentally understand at this point you know he's gone here and he's experienced something that you need and so Marilyn came back read the book and endorsed it you know so I think intrinsic writing is communication you know, you can communicate mentally. You can also communicate super mentally. And I think there's a vibe that comes through in my work, as it does in other spiritual works. I mean, reading Yogananda's book when I was 16 years old, I mean, that totally changed my life. And I think it was more than just a mental understanding at 16. I think there's an energy that comes through that. And I think when you're pure enough, that energy comes through. So I think the reading of this book, as it has some of my other books, uh, will uh, will inspire people to delve more deeply into their own concepts or understanding of these things and maybe even entertain the possibility of connecting and communicating with people. Because this is happening spontaneously. People are having these kinds of experiences. It's getting more and more prevalent. And so I'm wondering if I just caught the wave before it really breaks, that this is possibly because otherwise, we just have a bunch of egomaniac, uh, you know, political idiots trying to solve the world's problems by fighting each other, you know. So it's just right. like their own little kingdom, serfdom, you know.
0: Right. We've seen where that leads. Uh... Yeah, exactly. Leads <laughs> bonds
1: being thrown at each other.
0: Yeah. Well, John, I, I, I love what you said about the hope for this book and how the reader can actually start to understand it, even at levels that are maybe beyond the the conscious mind that something else happens.
1: Yeah. When you, when you entertain art, movie, art on the wall reading something else in you is perceiving that you are not just your mental framework. You are more than that. And the more you expand that, the more influence that will have on the ego and Aspects of yourself.
0: Yeah, well, that's a beautiful way to end our show. Thank you, John. I would love to talk longer. There's a lot more we could explore, but we've run out of time today. Let's be sure to tell our listeners about your website. It's johnnelsonbookworks.com. That's right. That's right. So, so it's one word, John Nelson Bookworks, plural, dot com. For those who tuned into the Pathway Show late, this is your host, Donald Altman, author of the new mystical novel Travelers as well as Eat, Savor, Satisfy, 12 Weeks to Mindful Eating, and Simply Mindful, a seven-week course and personal handbook for mindful living. More information about my online courses, books, and CDs can be found at mindfulpractices.com, and that's M-I-N-D-F-U-L practices.com. In a second, I'll tell you how you can rewind and replay this interview whenever you want via the internet or as a free podcast. Today, we've been visiting with John Nelson, author of Threshold and many other fiction books, as well as books for healing and meditation. I want to say thank you to all our listeners for tuning into Pathways, which is broadcast and streamed via KBOO-FM, Sunday mornings at 8.30 USA Pacific Time. Podcasts of today's show, which you can listen to and forward to others, are available for free at divination.com. And that's spelled D-I-V-I nation dot com, as well as via iTunes and other free podcast servers. This is your host, Donald Altman, reminding you to tell your friends about Pathways Radio and Podcasts, the interview program dedicated to personal and cultural transformation. Thanks again to John Nelson and all of you listeners for tuning in and being a part of the Pathways Conversation.